0: You're listening to This is Yoga Therapy. I'm your host, Michelle Lawrence, and I've had the opportunity to interview many of those who are making a difference at the intersections of yoga and health, and I'm here to share with you their stories and conversations. Thanks for listening. In today's episode, I interviewed Leanne Matulo. Leanne is a yoga teacher, yoga therapist in training. She's a birth doula, a sleep consultant, an educator, a writer, and the founder of Yoga Deer. She's also a fierce advocate for women's health, maternal well-being, and child welfare. Leanne teaches an awareness of the body, mind, and soul as a continuum, each informing and intertwined with the other, and that when we bring balance to each of these layers, we can create lasting wellness. It's such a pleasure to be speaking with you today, Leanne, and especially right now as you're on the cusp of giving birth to your next child in the coming weeks. So I really appreciate that your time is especially precious right now.
1: Thank you, Michelle. I'm happy to be here. So let's start by having you share with our
0: listeners a bit more about you, where you live and do your work, but also how you got
1: started on
0: this path of yoga and women's health.
1: Sure. So now I live in Rhode Island in the States. I've lived here for about three years, which is wild to me that we live in New England. We're originally from Maryland and we moved from Pennsylvania. And largely I've been doing my work ever since we moved here online. So pre-2020, I moved a lot of my practice online because I had a yoga studio back in central Pennsylvania, and for a while there, I was traveling back and forth between Pennsylvania and Rhode Island, keeping it open, managing it, teaching, and then realized that was crazy, <laughs> too much. And so I eventually sold that that studio in early 2019 and moved a lot of my private work, my yoga therapy work, my courses in the online space. So it's almost been three years of me working online, which has been very rewarding and As far as my yoga practice and and women's health, in my early 20s, I was in D.C., I was in grad school, I was working full-time as well and a graduate fellow, and I just kind of fell into this really deep place of anxiety and overwhelm. I was also had, had been a dancer for 23 years, and I had stopped dancing around that point, and I just kind of felt lost, and I wasn't really using my body anymore. And so I found a a yoga class actually at the the university that I was attending for grad school. I I found the yoga class there. Happened to be a really wonderful teacher. And it was the first time I had ever heard, because again, dancer for over 20 years. It was the first time that I had ever heard, do what feels good in your body. (laughs) And I thought, I don't know what that is actually like. I don't know because I loved being a dancer, but it's really about making certain shapes, you know, and making things look effortless and, you know, a lot of times pushing your body to certain extremes. So also in that time, I was teaching dance as if I didn't have enough to do, but I was teaching dance to inner city youth in DC. And I had this thought that yoga was really starting to help me. It had been about a year into that practice and my practice. And I thought, wow, I'd really love to bring yoga to these kids. And so I enrolled in a mini teacher training of sorts. This was a while ago for kids yoga. And I started teaching them dance and then infusing a bit of the kids yoga into our time together. And I just remember like that was like really the the catalyst for not only my personal practice, but then also really wanting to, to share it and to teach it. So kids yoga is where I really began. So, and it was just, it was a really beautiful experience. And then if we flash forward a few years, specifically women's health, you know, I always had an inkling that I would be really interested in prenatal. I remember uh, by this point we had moved to Pennsylvania and I had done a 200-hour yoga training and we had, (laughs) I think many might feel this way, we had an hour on prenatal yoga And what happens if a pregnant person comes into your, into your space? (laughs) We did the same in our teacher training, right? The the one that I designed. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I remember thinking like, I don't know what to do, you know, yes, maybe kind of, but I I, I remember thinking I, I would be a little panicked if a pregnant person came into my space. And so, but I had this interest and, and I, you know, I didn't necessarily follow it at the time. It wasn't until a few years later, actually, when I started going through my own fertility journey. I try to keep it as brief as I can and stop me if you have questions, but... Not
0: at all. I mean, it's so relevant to our conversation today, so please share it. Okay.
1: So yeah, my husband and I had decided that maybe we would want to have a baby. And and, And truthfully, I have never been one of those individuals that has thought and and planned for children. I just thought if if I want that in my life, like I'll know. I'll know when it's time. And so we decided, okay, like, yeah, let's go for this. Let's try and have a baby here. And I had been on birth control. I had been on the birth control pill for quite a long time. And so that's a big conversation in and of itself. But essentially my doctors had said, when you come off of hormonal contraception, you could get pregnant right away. And so that's kind of what I was expecting, that that would happen right away. And in the first three months, I didn't have a cycle. So I wasn't ovulating. I wasn't menstruating, didn't have a cycle at all. And they said, oh, that could be kind of normal. Let's wait six months. After six months, I still wasn't getting a cycle, still wasn't ovulating. And that's when I started to sense that there was a bit of worry in my my doctors that I was seeing they tried a couple of different medications to jumpstart my cycle. Those didn't work. And so began my foray into really the, the clinical world of fertility, which they actually refer to as infertility. And I always try and, and kind of interrupt that when I'm when I'm working with individuals and not say infertility, but you know, fertility challenges or healing fertility, those sorts of things. And so it was two years. I it took two years of moving in and out of different infertility clinics, working with reproductive endocrinologists, having many tests that I wouldn't wish on any individual, being referred again to more OBGYNs and and physicians. And finally, after about a year and a half, I had a diagnosis of what's called hypothalamic amenorrhea. And... I actually think this is quite common, it's just not talked about, but it's essentially when the reproductive system has shut down. The interesting thing is that nobody could tell me why. So nobody, there was nothing structurally wrong, there was nothing necessarily physically about my body that they were seeing as a red flag, but there was a moment in that journey where I had been called an interesting project just too many times. And then I was told that I would never conceive naturally. And so in that moment, I didn't say it out loud, but I'll never forget. I had a very loud voice in my head at the hospital saying they're wrong. And I just decided I'm going to stop any form of treatment. I never went into any sort of advanced reproductive technology like intrauterine insemination or in vitro fertilization. I never did any of those. But I stopped and I said, I'm not going to make this so much about getting pregnant. I'm really going to make this about healing my body because clearly something is off and amenorrhea is a reversible condition. So that really became my interest in women's health. And now that was maybe 2015, 2016. Now I know what I was actually doing and practicing was various forms of yoga therapy on myself so I was walking through what I knew about the koshas <laughs> and I was saying, okay, let me really evaluate how I'm moving physically. You know, how am I moving throughout even my environment? How, not just what am I eating, but how am I eating? And what are the stressors? What's going on mentally in my life? And in that time, I also enlisted the help of a Chinese medicine practitioner, a Chinese medicine doctor. And, and that was really helpful because as he would talk about qi, I would talk about prana, And it really was this, you know, I I think we have multiple rebirths in our lives, but it really was like a a rebirth for me. And within six months of really committing to slowing down my practice, to moving differently, I had actually, not that I recommend people do this, but I had quit my job and then I had opened a studio. (laughs) I don't recommend everybody just do that. But I was like, I'm just going to do something that makes me happy, you know, that's not so stressful because I had a stressful job at the time. And within six months of all of that, that really deep work, I had gotten pregnant with my son naturally. Wow, yeah, it was absolutely amazing. And so my pregnancy was wonderful. And of course, like with all of this all of this excitement and enthusiasm about fertility, I also decided during that time while I was pregnant to become prenatal and postnatal certified in yoga. So I did that while I was pregnant and I learned so much and I was running prenatal programs and had a wonderful pregnancy. But I had a very challenging birth experience and I had a very challenging postpartum experience where I had actually nerve damage from the birth. And so that left me numb from my knees down. Wow. Yeah. And again, there was not much and that has completely the feeling has completely returned, but there wasn't much that doctors could really do. They couldn't really pinpoint why it happened. Now I have a sense of how it happened. But again, I, I just thought, okay, what what did I learn? I'm gonna start to use some of these practices that I've implemented, you know, visualization and meditation and breath work, you know, whatever I can do to start to bring some more awareness to this area of my body that really needs healing in addition to, the healing that takes place in childbirth in general. And again, went through all of this research on not necessarily why did this happen to me, but maybe like how and how could it be prevented and how could we really support women, myself, birthing people throughout not just the pregnancy journey, but also that fertility journey, preparing for birth and then really preparing and being in a healthier state of postpartum. So that whole, you know, all of those challenges really led me to this work and while I wouldn't wish them again I've often said to my my partner that I am grateful for it because I wouldn't I wouldn't be here I wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing if it wasn't because of it mhm yeah wow
0: well thanks for sharing all that with us and It does seem so incredibly powerful to teach from your own lived and learned experience, right? And to then be able to feel like you're in a place of helping others, right? Due to the circumstances that you've been through. So it's really amazing now to look at all that you do and all that you offer. And I'd love to kind of dive into some of those things here on the podcast today. And it's also, I think, so relevant and important to hear that it's born out of this experience that you've had. And so let's kind of dive into some of them. You know, you do so many cool and important things. And I so admire the level of professionalism that you put into your work as well. It's not lost on me that you got started on this whole online journey before COVID, right? So you had a bit (laughs) of a head start, um, which I think is probably pretty helpful too, so, and I know that you've been doing this work for a little while now, but I'd like to focus in our conversation today on some of your more recent efforts, which I know have been years in the making too. So let's talk about the prenatal yoga series that you started in your backyard last year. Now it's grown into a six-week online course called Embodied Birth and Beyond.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so from what I understand, you combine childbirth education, self-study with the kosha model, community, which I know is so important. And I kind of heard that in your story too. And then yoga therapy based prenatal yoga in this virtual course. And you work with a local women's doctor and midwives to create the foundation of the program. And you had many women participate. Can you share with us more about it and how you plan to expand it into the future?
1: Sure. Yes. So last summer I was approached by a good friend who was also pregnant at the time and knew that I had gone through training not only in prenatal yoga and postnatal and yoga therapy, but also as a birth doula. And so she had said, you know, it was, it was the summer of 2020. It was definitely during a heightened time in the pandemic. And she had said, I'm really craving prenatal yoga and being in a circle of other pregnant people. And of course, nobody's offering things in person I just happen to have a decent sized backyard (laughs) for the area that we live in, too. We live relatively close to Providence. And I said, I don't know. I don't know that many people. I've only lived here for maybe about a year and a half. And she said, It's not a problem. We'll figure this out. I really want prenatal yoga. And so I said, Okay, well, I could probably fit about eight people pretty comfortably, you know, and have people distance so that they are comfortable, too. And so what. we did. I put out a few text messages, she text messaged some of her friends. I put out, you know, a little call on social media and within I think it was like 5 or 6 days, it was very fast. We had eight women in the backyard. And uh, I said, "Okay, so this is needed." And so, yes, yeah, so we started with a 6-week series. And then after that first 6 weeks, I thought, "Okay, we'll reevaluate and see if reevaluate and see if people want to do this again." And they did. Some had had their babies but many wanted to stay on for another six weeks. And so we created a little more space. We had about nine, maybe it was 10, the second series in my backyard. And it was very, it was just very obvious to me that this was so needed. Like the, like, not just the prenatal yoga component, but there is also so much mystery around pregnancy and around birth and around postpartum in our culture. So I found myself, and this happened too when I owned the studio But I found myself having to really moderate conversation, like really having to stop it so we could actually get into movement, their movement practice and their meditation practice. Uh, And so it got cold in New England, as it does in the fall. And I asked, do you want to move this online? And many said yes, if they were still pregnant. They told their friends about it. Eventually, I started sharing again, just on my social media and my newsletter hey, I'm doing these six-week prenatal series and they combine prenatal yoga as well as childbirth education and discussion. And now we're online, so you could be anywhere and take it. And so that was, again, really it has been a really fun experiment. We have had people from all over the country join, you know, through like friends and acquaintances and just my networks. And then in early 2022, I just realized there's so much more here. And many of these individuals are coming for the six weeks. And then when I release another six week program, they're coming back. So I realized number one, that there needs to be a longer container and or I could provide a little bit more. So what I did was I actually created a course uh, that was full, there was video content, pre-recorded video content, uh, not just around childbirth education, but also perinatal education. And I can talk a little bit about more, a little more about that too. discussion and then the prenatal yoga practices themselves. And what I also wanted to do was I I knew that I had had all of this qualitative research, you know, from working with pregnant individuals. And then I also had done uh, what I call like some sleuthing, some market research. I'd interviewed about 40 women in late 2021, early 2022 about their prenatal journeys and their postpartum journeys. And I had also made a couple of friends from what I do who are midwives in the area uh, and another woman who is a physician in a women's health collaborative in Providence. And so I interviewed them and was really asking you know, about their experiences and what they found that pregnant people really needed, what questions often came up. And the thing that I I heard again and again is, you know, I'm so glad you're doing this because while we can support them clinically, we really only have 10 to 15 minutes with our patients, like even if you know you're in a midwifery practice, they're moving in and out so quickly. So to have a place where they can not only come practice, move their bodies, prepare for birth, but to also connect with other people and have these conversations was really valuable. That's how it started. I, I finished the the last course in midsummer, uh, and then being pregnant, I wanted some time to evaluate for where it's going next, which it is evolving for 2022.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And I love that you partner with doctors and midwives, right? So that you can provide something that not only integrates with that model, but complements it and has that piece to it that I think is really important, right? So that it feels holistic. And I see that in a lot of the things that you do. And I know that it's it's likely because of your background too, and how entrenched you are in this work from a lot of different perspectives, and and in even sort of the navigating your own medical situation, right, if you want to call it that, and had to become educated on all of that as well. And you know, perhaps most interesting to me, based on my story and my <laughs> birth experience with my twins, because I you know, had a really challenging pregnancy and very premature children and NICU time and all that. And I know that you're doing work right now, the yoga therapy program you're doing in conjunction with Seattle and the University of Washington's NICU for parents whose children are in the NICU. And it's a six-week program funded by the NIH, which I think is so impressive. And You're hoping that the initial study will draw more interest and awareness from additional hospitals. So I'd love to know how you got involved with this, how it's going, and where you see it's heading next.
1: Yes. This project was so serendipitous. I feel like when you... I really do believe in writing things down and putting things out you know, to the universe or whatever, whatever you believe in. But I had I had shared a, so often that I really want to pull, and it, there's a place for yoga in studios, don't get me wrong, but I really want to pull yoga out of just those spaces and really make some bridges in between, you know, medicine and academia and, of course, in people's homes. And so I had been sharing quite a bit about the work that I was doing prenatally with individuals in my newsletter, you know, again, on my social media and that I was expanding the embodied birth program and just, you know, talking a lot about that And it was actually one of my clients. He's been a longtime client, again, a male, longtime client. And he had kind of caught on to what I was doing. And it was actually in a conversation with his sister that we were connected. So his sister is a doctor. She's a physician out in Seattle uh, working in the NICU. And her mentor, one of the doctors, one of the physicians that actually runs the division out there is also a yoga teacher, And she really wanted to create a yoga intervention, a yoga-based intervention, to support the parents of the children who were in the NICU. And she just said, I don't have, I think, part of its capacity, but also the specialty, you know, really working in terms of prenatal and postpartum. And so she put it on. Her name is Sarah. She put it on her, her uh, one of the other physicians to find someone. <laughs> and so in the conversation Sarah had with her brother, he said, oh, I know someone. I know someone that would be great for this. And so that's how we were connected. And so he sent me a message and, and shared that you're going to be getting a, an email from my sister who is a physician out in Seattle about et cetera, et cetera. And so she reached out to me and shared about the project and said, we really have we do not have this built out yet. We do not have a curriculum. We just know that what we want to study. And so we, we met online and had a few conversations about what it might look like to create a yoga therapy-based intervention to see how yoga therapy practices supported the well-being of the parents and also how that might translate to their babies who are in the NICU. And she had shared, you know, this is a very, this is a pilot study. It's a pilot project, but we really think that it can grow. And so one of the conversations that we had is a lot of people associate yoga with this big physical practice. And when you've just had a baby, and depending on what the situation is, if they're in the NICU, there's not a whole lot of physical movement that we would recommend for postpartum. And so we had this conversation about how do we bring in breath work and meditation and Practices that they can do while they're holding or touching their babies in the NICU. And then eventually, as they move towards the end of that continuum, of the six-week continuum, we can invite a little bit more movement. They were so receptive to my ideas, the, the thought process. It's been, as most studies of this kind are, that they're kind of slow going for a little bit and then everything happens at once. So we created a series of videos, 30-minute videos, that they would do the same video in one week but practice for six weeks and after their six weeks in this study they would work with uh, physicians and then nurses out in seattle to basically to research you know what what happened with their experience qualitative mostly qualitative research and the idea is that this was just approved finally by the irb the human research side in early august like late july early august and so they started enrolling parents in september and now we're in october so it's been maybe about a month month and a half and the idea is that they'll be researching this for the next four to six months compile the findings see what happens and then they'll also go back to the nih for more funding depending on what we find so essentially when i come back from maternity leave (laughs) i'll have more to know but there has been a lot of interest from other departments in the seattle university of washington hospitals, not just necessarily the NICU. And we've also, I've been told that there is interest in other major NICU centers in the country uh, to see about rolling out this program there as well and to continue the the study and to continue the research. And so it's just such a beautiful project. I think it's so needed as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, I think about uh, the NICU and my experience, you know, we were there for Two months, and um, it was one of the most stressful environments I've Mm -hmm. ever been in. And at the same time, the level of care was incredible, right? So I felt so strengthened by like all the doctors and nurses there. But at the same time, like you're sitting there all day long listening to lots of sounds and dramas and You know, around a lot of other infants, some of whom don't live, right? And you witness that, and yeah, it's such a stressful situation to be in. Plus, you know, you're postnatal as the mama, and you've got all that to deal with. And and for my situation, like I was even out of state, you know, so I was away from my home, um, and I had to live in another state because we didn't have a NICU where I live that could handle. What was going on with my kids so and that's not that uncommon you know unless you live near a big city so you're displaced as well so there's just so much that goes into that experience and i was grateful for my yoga practice obviously and there were times when i would bring myself to a yoga class just to kind of find some quiet and peace, especially since that I didn't have a home to go to in the city where my kids were in the NICU, it just wasn't the right fit. <laughs> like I, I made it work for me just because I needed something and I know what to do like in a, in a yoga class that you know is empowering to me, but it it was it wasn't the, the right fit necessarily. So I just think this is so wonderful what you're doing. And I'm excited to hear what the results are and and to see it grow and expand as well. And yeah, I do think there's probably other situations that could benefit too, you know, like the pick you or whatever, where the parents, again, oftentimes are out of state living in the Ronald McDonald house like I was and need something. And no doubt that piece that you mentioned about like how it helps the parents right mm-hmm. but then in in turn helps the babies and the children right you know that's so interesting to me as well
1: yeah i'm so i'm so fascinated by the by what the findings will be but it's something that i've also seen you know outside of necess- not necessarily the nicu outside of that is how some of these practices can really especially as a sleep consultant can really influence babies you know just their nervous systems are so connected to the mother or the parents Totally. Yep. So I know you've got a couple
0: of other programs happening as well, a fertility meditation program and a group mentorship program called Living Lush. Can you just kind of briefly tell us a little bit more about each of these?
1: Sure. Yeah. So the fertility meditation program is with Expectful. So Expectful is a company that started out with meditations primarily for pregnancy, and now they've expanded to Fertility, now with this meditation series that I'm doing, but they're expanded to fertility as well as postpartum. I actually, with them, I reached out and I pitched a couple of things. I really liked what they were doing and I thought, you know, this would be really beautiful to bring again yoga therapy. And I also use quite a bit of Ayurveda to these spaces. And so I've been working with Expectful the last few months. I started with some prenatal and postnatal videos on demand. They're creating a new yoga video library as well as a fitness library for prenatal and postpartum. And then the project that I've really been working on quite a bit is a 28-day meditation journey specifically for fertility. And what I love about this is that, number one, it's not solely 28 days, so some people they may not have 28-day cycles, so it's really about 35 meditations in total, But we're really combining what's happening physically within the body from, you know, an anatomy perspective, from a really science-based perspective of this is what's happening with hormones and how they're communicating with each other and, you know, the time where you might be ovulating and, you know, what is the luteal phase and the follicular phase and all of that. We're combining that with what, I don't always say this in the meditations, but really with the yoga therapy kosha model of also during these phases we're experiencing differentiations in our emotional states and in our mental states and our energetic presences and all of that is okay it's normal and natural so i've been working in conjunction with them to build out that program and it's about five to six minutes each meditation but that will be coming out in the next few months after we do a little bit of editing so that's that project with expectful and then my other project, and this is also where Embodied Birth is moving in towards, is more of this model of, of mentorship. The last year and a half, I mentioned that I have a private practice online, or I did. And just as a mother with a, already a toddler and then another baby on the way, I, I was just realizing that I was at capacity, truly, for Taking one on one clients and one on one work in terms of yoga therapy. And I also found that I really like, I think I'm actually better at group facilitation, group work, more group therapy. I was a career counselor in a former life. So I just am really good. That's something that I, I really shine in. And I had this idea of, you know, instead of saying, well, I can't take this person on, you know, for a couple more months or, I may not be doing one-on-one work in terms of yoga therapy anymore. What would it look like to take this more into a group practice and actually give people tools? Same, you know, maybe they have, they're have they coming with the, the same overall concerns, uh, states of dis-ease, but to bring them together in, in a group mentorship experience. And so that's really what Living Lush has been. And I did that. It was truly a pilot project this summer to see how it would go. And it has been incredible. And again, this is where embodied birth will go, where really I work with women, primarily those who identify as women, and taking them from the state, I mainly work with people on women's health. So they might be dealing with various women's health uh, forms of dysfunction or disease, and also women who are transitioning to motherhood. and And I say that not necessarily as like, I just had my baby, but their babies might be five, six years old, and they're still trying to figure out how do I do life and work and how do I navigate my sense of identity, you know, as as a mother, that's who I really work with. And I found myself saying the same things over and over again. So Living Lush was designed, designed those for those individuals to move them from that state of being overwhelmed, overtaxed, stressed, kind of lost with really who they are, probably grieving, you know, identities from before to moving more into that state of ease. And so over... Again, you'll see a theme here, but over six, this was about eight weeks, really, six to eight weeks, we actually dove in to each of the koshas, each of the layers of the koshas each week. And we also studied the Ayurvedic elements in relation to the balanced states in the body. And so we would meet for lessons once a week, and then we would also meet for group yoga therapy, group mentorship sessions, where they would ask questions. And that was really beautiful because what I find is that Again, I work with women. Women feel like they're not alone. So even if they're not asking the question, somebody else asking the question is this like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone and experiencing this and and feeling this. And so uh, at the end of the eight weeks, they have quite a bit of tools, breathing techniques, meditation, embodiment practices. It isn't necessarily yoga classes. I always make that very clear. We do uh you know somatic practices different practices from the yoga therapy work, and I had just such beautiful feedback from it that that's actually how I'll be moving into embodied birth is more of a of a group experience, longer container in having those like videos and lessons in addition to the yoga therapy work.
0: so lovely, yeah. Well, thank you for all that you do. And I know we'll continue to do and offer to support women and and children and families. It's
1: really important. Yeah. Thank you.
0: So last question, same one I asked for pretty much all of our guests has to do with your personal sadhana. So I'm, I'm kind of curious about it. We know in our training programs, as, as you've experienced that, um, Having a sadhana is really important on this path of being a yoga therapist because it really helps you be that container for others, right? And hold space or hold that container, shall we say. And it sets the foundation and it comes before doing any work, like do your own work first, right? Yes. So... Um I'm, I'm curious can you tell us what your daily practice looks like and I know it probably changes you know especially over your pregnancy and mm-hmm. it's natural for it to change over time what does it look like these days
1: Yes I am trying not to become so attached to it actually because I know this baby is coming soon <laughs> and it will completely change Yeah but typically you know in the morning my mornings are are sacred and so I try and wake up five thirty, five forty five most mornings My son doesn't get up. He's usually pretty good about getting up at 6.30 or 7. So it gives me a, a good hour. And I start out, I have hot water with lemon. And lately, it's been either a mix of just going outside and sitting on our back. We have a back porch. In the fall, it's so beautiful here. And either doing some stretches and going right into a meditation or depending on the day. Like this morning, I had my hot water, sat for a moment, and then did a a yoga practice. And yes, my yoga practice has varied wildly throughout this pregnancy. Now, being uh, 38 weeks, it does not look like it did, you know, early on or at 20 weeks. It's much slower. It's a lot of, of breath work. And then I always sit for meditation. And I really prefer to sit for at least 15, 20 minutes, even if I have to really shorten my yoga practice. And then after that, I might have a chance to journal some things uh, if my son isn't up yet, or I might go right into breakfast mode <laughs> with the family. Uh, that all went out the window. My sadhana has been the same for a long time, but that all went out the window when my son was born four years ago. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And then I just kind of snuck it in where I could during the day, yeah, but eventually nap time, right? Or whatever. Right, yeah. right. And eventually we found a rhythm. So, and I think that, I mean that will happen again. We'll find a rhythm again. But you're right, it's it's really important. The days that, you know, for whatever reason, if I've woken up late or, you know, I haven't slept well at night, like it's a different way to enter the day without that, without that time.
0: Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today, Leanne. Blessings to you and your family and thank the new you. life that you're welcoming in soon. And I'll put some links in the show notes here so that folks can check you out a bit more and, and learn more deeply about the work and offerings that you've got out there.
1: Thank you, Michelle. This was delightful, delightful conversation.
0: If you'd like to learn more about who we are and what we do, visit us at innerpeaceyogatherapy.com.